Welcome to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. With your host, Dr. Mary Sanders, a medical intuitive and chiropractor. Let's join the podcast. Welcome back to today's show. With me today is Claire Campagna. As I already mentioned, she has a professional training as a life purpose and self-discovery coach with specialties in astrology and human design. She loves consciously connecting with others and learning and teaching about self-discovery, and she's passionate about inspiring as many people as possible to nurture their soul connection so that they, too, can experience genuine fulfillment and live with purpose. The title of today's podcast is Human Design and Astrology as Tools for Self-Discovery, How to Find Clarity, Alignment and empowerment through understanding your unique energetic design. Thank you so much, Claire, for showing up as a guest today on the podcast, Energy Medicine. It will be my honor to hold the sacred space for you as you allow your brilliance to shine in the field of astrology and human design. So thank you and welcome to energy medicine. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to continue our conversations today. Good. I'm going to let the audience know that um, we had a faux pas. This is our second recording and only because I accidentally muted her and in their first introduction. And so to make a long story short, she was sharing her wisdom and we just couldn't hear her. So this is take two for our recording. But nonetheless, I do want to share with all of you listening that I met Claire about a month ago. She and I both showed up in support for a summit that was happening all about abundance and success. And there was a networking event that happened prior to the summit where we got to meet the other presenters. And I remember very clearly the moment that Claire and I started communicating that there was a resonance between the two of us that I knew at that moment that I was going to invite her to be a guest on energy medicine. And I didn't know it, but Claire was very quick to point out that our astrological signs, whether it be sun, ascendant, and also moon, were working opposite to one another so that there was a magnetic attraction between the two of us. So, With all of that in mind, I want Claire to share with us, please, if you would, how did you end up, I know that you didn't, that you were involved in the corporate world for many years prior to stepping out and saying, the heck with that, I want to go follow my life's purpose and my passion. And that's when you started showing up for others professionally in human design and astrology. So share with us, please. I know that you have a beautiful journey. I can't wait to hear all about it. Yes, thank you. So I really fell in love with human design and astrology in my own, I call it my quarter life crisis. (laughs) It was about seven years into my corporate career and I, there's no other way to say it. I was thriving, you know, from the outside looking in that is. And on the inside, I felt completely opposite. I could not have felt more disconnected from who I 
felt like I was on a soul level, but I didn't know how to redevelop that connection. What thoughts were mine versus expectations that had been put on me? Who was I really, you know, really just feeling stuck in all of these labels and astrology and human design were tools that I started tapping into just out of that sheer exploration of when you're in that phase of just trying everything out, hoping that something will bring you back to yourself. And I know that it's going to look different for everybody, but for me, these two tools were eye-opening and quite literally changed my entire life and my my outlook on who I am. Uh, with astrology specifically, I I knew I was an Aquarius. That's my sun sign. I do have a lot of placements there. So I've always resonated with it. I didn't know that I had a lot of placements there until I dove in. But that was really a tool that showed me, wow, I am so much more nuanced than I thought I was. I have all of these other components within me that I knew were there, felt very validating, but I I hadn't known how to articulate them or honestly know that they were real that I I was questioning, you know, do I actually have this sensitive side? Yes, I have a Pisces moon like you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that is very counter to all of my Aquarius placements. So it felt eye-opening to know that 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 was real, that was really within me. And from the human design side, finding out that I was a projector was just a total game changer for me. Again, so validating, showed me confirmation that what I was feeling was real. And just because it didn't drive with what was expected of me didn't mean that it wasn't really happening. And that's kind of when I decided, wow, I wonder what would happen if I started to honor these parts of myself that I've been pushing down and pretending weren't there my whole life. And that's when everything changed. (laughs) Oh, Claire, I can feel, um, as you were sharing your your story and your journey, I can feel the essence of what many women would classify as burnout in that they were literally disenchanted with the world that they created, even though a lot of you know, love and sweat equity went into that creation to honor that you're unhappy, even though from the outside, it looks like everything is working like a well-oiled machine. But when you turn the reflection internally, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This doesn't feel empowering. This, I'm not experiencing happiness. I don't feel in alignment with my authentic self. And quite honestly, it takes a lot of courage to say, time out. I don't care if it's, you know, a uh, a quarterly midlife crisis or a, a midlife crisis or just any time within our own personal and spiritual development to say time out, there's a pause for personal and spiritual transformation. So it sounds like, if I'm listening to you correctly, Claire, it sounds like the ahas, the epiphanies that you were experiencing when you were doing the self-reflective work with astrology in human design then created that transformational shift for you where you then said, I want to embody something else and it's not this corporate world. Absolutely. It kind of opened up the doors to all of these possibilities and potentials of what my life could feel like and could look like if I actually explored them. Where, you know, what I had found myself in, and I don't believe this is necessarily right or wrong. It just wasn't 
what felt fully right for me is I had been basically I found myself in a situation where I I had followed everything that I was quote unquote supposed to do. I followed all the shoulds, all of the expectations that had been put on me. I did everything as I was supposed to, and I did it well. <laughs> and I think that's where I, you're right. I, I will humbly say that it took a lot of courage. It was the scariest thing I've ever done to this day as, you know, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds to leave my job and to have that stability just kind of taken out from under me. But it was a, a feeling that I had to follow because I knew that I I wasn't using my talents to my fullest ability. And I also wasn't serving in the way I wanted to. And I can save here down the line, you know, so far after the fact that I don't regret it one bit. And it was truly one of the the most life-changing things I've ever done to empower myself with this knowledge that I had learned from these two tools. Mm-hmm. But don't you believe, I mean, I know I do, I'm asking you intuitively, but don't you believe that you had to go through that life experience so that you could show up in your essence today as a life purpose and self-discovery coach? And I have no doubt because of your own personal journey, you're attracting people that are going through that same transition and you're holding space for them. 100%. I would not have done anything different up to this point. I think I had to do the path that was expected of me. I think I had to get great grades in school, go to the college that I wanted to, get a job that was exactly what I majored in in college and excel there for this to unfold the way that it did. Because I think so many people's journeys are that moment of realization comes through some, you know, traumatic event oftentimes. And mine didn't. Mine came out of having everything that I had worked for and thought that I wanted. And it was that getting everything I wanted that actually opened my eyes and showed me that it wasn't actually what I wanted. And I had no idea what I did want. And you're exactly right. Those are the people that I'm helping because the people who find themselves in similar situations, whatever the circumstances around it might be, there is a disconnection from yourself and from knowing who you are and what you value genuinely going on there for for anyone that finds themselves in that situation. And that's really what I help people to reconnect with. Perfect. Claire, I want to know more about, and I know the listeners probably do as well, how do you use the tools of astrology and human design specifically? Just the case scenario that you just so beautifully and eloquently outlaid in front of us, how do you hold space? How do you support these people going through these transformations using astrology and also human design? So I do a very in-depth human design and birth chart reading. I do both of them. And we go really deep into both. But I think one of the differentiators here is that I share the depths with you, but I also fully believe that you don't need to retain all of that. It's more of the recognition that matters to me and then the connecting of the dots where I absolutely have seen this time and time again, 
just knowing the basics of these systems, of your own chart, of how you're impacted by them, that is enough to bring your entire life into alignment if you're actually doing something with that and integrating that knowledge. So I say all that to say we go deep, but I by no means expect you to come out of this as an expert yourself. It's more about the connecting the dots and finding the pieces that are really resonating with you, knowing that you can always go back and reference it and continue to experiment and go deeper and bring your life into greater and greater alignment as you go. So Claire, I want to ask some questions. I know that I know just very little about human design, but I do follow astrology. So I know the sun, the ascendant and the moon. And I understand that all of that is generated based upon your place and your time of birth. Now, it's my understanding that astrology is used. Well, you use the same place of birth and time of birth in human design to generate your uh, genetic makeup or your grid. So you're using two different systems, but astrology is indeed part of human design, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So then when you, what information do you get from just pure astrology versus what information do you get from just pure human design? And, and how do you overlap that to counsel your, your patients and your, your clients? Absolutely. So astrology is, to me, this is what I find from astrology readings for myself, for my clients, is that it is often very, again, eye-opening and more of a situation where it's giving you the recognition of what's already within you. It's very validating. That's how I see astrology. It's showing us what is in us, what has been in us since birth, what will forever be in us. And it's showing us the basically the potentials of how it could show up. There's going to be a spectrum is kind of how I view it of every single placement in your chart. There's a low expression of how this can come out. There's a high expression of how this can manifest. And there's a million different expressions in between. And that recognition of Maybe what I often see is maybe you had always seen a certain placement, not knowing that it was coming from that placement, but showing up as an energy in your life in a negative light. And this, to me, astrology allows that perspective shift to kind of open you up to the potential of the higher end of that spectrum of how it can manifest. To me, then human design is a much more tangible system. It's how I think of it. It it shows us how from the energy level, from the energetic level, how energy is moving through us at any given time. When we are interacting with certain people, when we're in certain environments, when the transiting planets are doing different things, it's giving us indicators of basically the evolution of what we already see in our astrological birth chart. It's saying this is how over time and in certain situations, your energy is going to flux and flow and be more resistant here and more in sync over here. And so to me, I think it's a very good tool to share kind of more tangible ways that we can continue to get into alignment. It's not just labeling. It's saying, here are tips based on your unique energetics to actually bring your life into greater alignment, knowing how that energy moves through you. 
Interesting. I hope that makes sense. Interesting. It does. It does. But it brings up some more basic questions, if you don't mind me asking. So over the years, I've always watched my my astrology, and my sun sign is a Leo. And I would be reading this, and I'm like, ugh, I don't really like the qualities of a Leo. I want to, and I don't really resonate with them. I resonate more with what's going on with my ascendant, which is in Scorpio. So when a, cons- when a person is intrigued by astrology, when does somebody read their ascendant horoscope and the qualities of that sign versus when do they gravitate to the sun and what does the moon have to do with any of this? Yes. So I would say nine times out of 10, most pop astrology for sure. But if you're looking at any astrology like that has to do with the current times, for example, March astrology for 2023, like that is going to most of the time be in relation to the transiting planets and where they are at any given time. And if they're giving some sort of insight based on sign for you to read, you're probably going to want to read your rising sign, your ascendant, because that is going to be the sign that dictates which other signs, which of the other 11 signs then rules each house of your chart. And so when you see those horoscopes, those like weekly horoscopes or monthly horoscopes, those are speaking to which house themes are getting highlighted. Again, nine times out of 10, I'm generalizing, but that's going to be based on your rising sign. So to your point, try reading Scorpio and see how much differently it resonates with you versus Leo. Mm -hmm. Our sun sign, I would say usually they will call that out and say, read read for your sun, moon, and rising. And that means there's going to be a little less emphasis on the houses specifically and more to do with the fact that the horoscope was written around the planets that are actually just in that sign and how those are going to work together versus the fact that it's highlighting certain themes of a certain house in your chart. And then okay. the, the moon is... Again, I would say they're usually going to call that out. And that would be in the latter example of you can read a horoscope where it says, read for all three, your sun, moon, and rising. Because again, they're not really emphasizing the the house themes in that instance. They're just talking about how the planets are playing, if you will, in the sign that they're currently in at that mm-hmm. time. Okay, so um, let me just kind of summarize this in a way that makes sense to me. And I know that, you know, we're, we're talking in March 2023, and I know that there are some big planetary shifts happening. I know that Saturn is moving, Mars is moving, and Pluto is moving. I know that, you know, we as, again, when I read my ascendant or my rising sign, you're suggesting when I'm looking for the predictability of those planets in a specific house, read the rising and the ascendant. So I should be reading Scorpio to to better understand what the transits are going to do for me personally. Yes. Okay. All right. So now we've got the astrology background. Now let's talk about the energetics that you're referring to within the human design. 
And I love looking at the diagram, number one, because it feels intuitively to me that the energy centers, when you look at the design of a human design, it's kind of like an outline of a body and you'll see various different, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but triangles or squares or, or, you know, things that denote different energy centers. And for me, with my background in chakra anatomy, I view them similarly to the energy centers that are found within and surrounding our physical body. So is there any any correlation there, Clara? There is, yes. So human design is based on a combination of both ancient sciences and modern day sciences. And one of them is the chakra system, along with astrology, obviously, as we've identified already. The Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching, those also play a role. But from the modern side, so does quantum physics, so does genetics, so does biochemistry. So there's a lot of existing systems at play here. And human design is essentially this layering of all of them on top of one another, showing how they are playing together, which ultimately is going to give us that energetic blueprint that's unique to every single one of us. I find the design, the again, that human body, that graph that I look at when I'm looking at human design, I find it confusing, okay? Because I'm not, I like I said, and I openly admit it, that I know enough just to make myself a little dangerous, right? So I see these energy centers and I see pathways, like connecting these energy centers. And sometimes there are colors, and sometimes there are numbers, and sometimes the lines don't complete. So for somebody just looking at that kind of a design, what are they? What are we looking at? I know you talked about it being multi-layered, representing various different systems, and it feels intuitively like there's some sacred geometry behind it, but please share your wisdom on this because I sound foolish. Not at all. It's honestly so daunting. I know so many people who have pulled their human design, looked at it, and X'd out immediately for that exact reason. It's just like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And this looks way too complicated to figure out. So (laughs) you are not alone. And the shapes that you were mentioning earlier that you were saying seem very similar to the chakra system. Those are called centers. So they're, I mean, you can Essentially, if you are familiar with the chakra system, you can think of them very similarly to that. They're speaking to different energy points within us, essentially, that are going to be either more receptive or less receptive to the energy in our surroundings at the very base level. And the numbers that you find within each of those centers, those tiny little numbers, that's what comes from the I Ching. Those are the gates. And they're, if you think of, you know, meridians and whatnot, like from the acupuncture perspective and things like that, those are going to essentially be these smaller energetic portals, if you will, within the larger energy frame of a chakra. And then the connections that you mentioned between the different centers, those are called channels. And so those are essentially bridging the gap between one chakra center and another. And so if that colored in channel, like if it is colored in, then that means that you have a consistent connection of energy flowing between those two centers within you. 
If it is not colored in, or if it is partially colored in, then you don't. So if it is not colored in at all, that basically means that different factors, whether it's, again, the transiting planets, whether it's coming in contact with certain people, that's what's going to help activate those with you. Because again, those op- that openness, that non-colored in part is going to turn colored in, if you will, because it will be activated when you are in contact or, you know, operating with another person or with the transiting planets that are activating those centers. So if it's partially colored in though, for example, then if you are interacting with somebody who has the other side of that, the other gate that's not colored in, if they have that active within themselves, then the two of you, the connection you have is bridging that channel and it's completing the channel and a whole new energy, if you will, is then created when when you're together, which I think so many of us can think of if we just step away from the complications of a human design chart and just think of our own lives. When we're interacting with certain people, you know those people that you just feel like instant magic with. You're like, I never am that creative unless I'm with this person. I'm never that calm unless I'm with this person. So Each of these channels, each of these gates is going to speak to different expressions within us, but I hope that made sense. That's the the very brief summary of what all of those mean. Thank you. I appreciate you breaking that down for me, Claire, but you said something that kind of put a, you know, created a light bulb going off for me and that you made the analogy with the meridians. And when I think about the meridian system, we know that that a meridian system is going to have a representation of a various element. It's going to have a representation of an organ, of an emotion, of a, there's various qualities within that, which it sounds as though the complexity of the qualities of the energy centers based upon human design, you're going to uh, depending upon the integrity of the energy center, have an expression, whether that expression be in excess or in deficiency, just like traditional Chinese medicine. So I really appreciate the the analogy with that. And I did not know, I did not know that if you have a partially completed channel, that if you're with somebody that has the remaining part that is, is void on your chart, I did not know that that's when the magic happens. So I will start overlapping my husband's chart onto mine to see, you know, how we complete one another, if you will, if you want to look that way, or a boss or a friend or a co-worker. Um, Very, very interesting. Now, there's, there's another question that I have not, I've always, okay, talk about the various different types of the expression of human design. Like you said, you're a projector. And I am an emotional manifesting generator. So most of us are like, what does that mean? And are there typical characteristics that are associated with these types within human design? Yes, for sure. So there's five energy types within human design. And knowing your type is like, I always say type strategy and authority in human design are akin to sun, moon rising in astrology. So if you know nothing else, knowing your type strategy and authority is going to be very supportive at least. So that's number one. And the type specifically is what helps us to kind of understand at that 
highest level again, how to best operate in the world because it speaks to this is how my energy is received by others. And also this is how I best access energy as well, my ebbs and flows of my own energy cycles. And so there are five types again. Uh, you said you're a manifesting generator. And so there are two different kinds, two different types that can have that generating quality within them. And they're pure generators and manifesting generators. And between those two types, that's going to make up roughly 70% of the population. And these people have the sacral center. So if you're looking at that body graph chart, that's the second square up from the bottom. Anybody with a generating type is going to have that sacral center defined. So it will be colored in. And essentially how I think of that is that is, you know, if you're familiar with the chakra system, that's our life force energy. That's our center for creation, for birthing new things into life, for really having that energy to create constantly. And that's really what it means. You have consistent access to the center within you that is your life force energy, essentially. And they, it's called generator because mm -hmm. it is regenerative. The more you create, the more you want to create more and more and more. It serves itself and fuels itself. I would say when anybody with a generating type feels kind of out of alignment is when they are not honoring the type of energy that they want to be creating. They're pouring their life force energy into somebody else's why, if you will. And it's mm -hmm. not that you can't do that, but it has to check the boxes of being fulfilling and satisfying to you. Otherwise, that's probably the fastest way, speaking to burnout, that you are going to burn out as a generator is if you are pouring the energy into things that are draining your life force energy, where really you have the ability to create nonstop if you're pouring that energy into something that is actually pouring back into you. Mm -hmm. Claire, I have to share with you, I had a visual clairvoyantly, and it's kind of a funny image. When I heard you talking about the generators, I literally saw the energizing bunny, you know, for the batteries. And I saw this pink bunny, right? He goes, goes, goes until he runs out of battery juice. So I, I believe that metaphorically speaking, that resonates with the message that you just shared. 100%. I love that. Yes. Like that is, these are the people, honestly, because it's 70% of the population, because you do have the energy to create for a much longer, more sustainable period than the other portion of the world and the other 30%. So because of that, this is the part of the population that often, you know, for lack of a better word, that energy gets abused and it gets you know, bosses will see it, if you will, and really force you to do a ton of work. And that's where that burnout can happen is when you're, you're just getting used, your energy is getting used for something that's not, not yours, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I can honestly say I've been there, done that. Don't need to repeat it. Yep. Absolutely don't. Now, what about the other 30%? So you said there's two different kinds of generators, and you said that there's five types overall. So do the other three make up the rest of the remaining 30%? They do, yes. 
So there's manifestors. They're about 9% of the population. There's projectors. They're about 20%. And then reflectors are about 1% of the population. So we'll just start with projectors since that's the next highest amount. That's what I am again. And these are people who are really designed to kind of ebb and flow with energy. None of these three types, again, I should just disclaim, have access, consistent access to that sacral center. All of these three types are going to have that center undefined. And what that basically means is not that we can't create, not that we're not creative beings, but it, we have to be much more cognizant, I would say, of how we are utilizing our energy. We quite frankly, just don't have consistent access to it. So we have to be very selective about how and when and where we are putting it. And so for projectors specifically, these are people who have this ability to hyper-focus essentially. It's like from the auric perspective, it's a very penetrating aura. We have this gift of kind of seeing from a bird's eye view, I would say, where it can be very challenging for us to see what we need to do to come into greater in alignment, to come into greater alignment in our own lives because we're in the weeds of our own lives. But for the rest of the world around us, we're often teachers or healers or somebody who can give guidance because it is just an ability of that connection of seeing straight to the core of people where we can give that guidance and really support them in that way. Um, back to the energetic cycles though, like I, I knew instantly that this was me when I saw this in my chart because I could feel, yes, no wonder I burn out in a corporate setting where I'm expected to work from eight to five minimum every single day. And at projectors, one of the things they can do is get the same amount of work done as other people, but in a condensed period of time. And I so resonated with that. Manifestors then are about 9% of the population, as I mentioned. And, and these are, I kind of think of them as that, that like boss energy, if you will. These are very independent, very autonomous people. They're the initiators of the world, which is why, you know, it's only 9%. A lot of people try to force initiation where really manifestors are truly the ones who are designed to do it. And people just trust and follow when they do because they have that energy about them. We can all sense it instantly. You know, those people who you just, you're like, they were literally born to lead. They're probably a manifester. And these people are very, again, very independent. And I think probably one of the biggest struggles that they will run into is that they're jumping ahead to strategy. Their strategy is to inform people because of that initiating energy, they're visionaries. They get things started that don't exist yet. And it can be very challenging for the general population to see their vision and to understand it and to get on board with it when they just start doing it and jump straight into it without doing their strategy, which is informing people first. And I think a lot of the time, you know, manifestors are taught what the rest of the world is taught to ask permission. I think a manifestor child struggles with this more than any other, where they're, they're told to ask permission before they just do something. And that's not what they're meant to do. They're just meant to tell you. <laughs> they're meant to inform you, not to ask for permission. And really, that's going to support manifestors tremendously to actually 
get the support of other people and not have people questioning them and honestly leaving them behind and being confused and just going somewhere else because they're going to understand what's happening. They're going to understand the vision and what the manifestor is trying to initiate in the first place. Hmm. And every manifestor I know has told me like, yes, like it doesn't make sense. I always think that people know what I'm talking about. And I for, like, it always blows their mind how much they have to share for it to actually land with the rest of the world. Projectors kind of act as this liaison oftentimes between manifestors and the generating public. Because again, projectors can see straight to the core and kind of bridge that gap. I almost think of projectors as like middle management <laughs> without the hierarchy, let's be clear. the And the manifestors get the ball rolling, but they're not meant to carry through and do the work. That's what the generating public is for. And the projector can say, I know the perfect person for this because they love this this is their skill set and they won't burn out in the process as they carry through and bring this thing that you just started manifester into life. Claire, as I listen to you, I can see and feel how having this knowledge would create a sense of ownership for an individual and a level of acceptance. So once acceptance is reached, right, which is the ultimate goal, that there's more grace and the ease that flows within their lives once they honor, right? You, 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 you get the information first and then you kind of have to honor it second. But once they honor this information, then they can kind of move through the world, whether it be personally or professionally or spiritually, um, with a little bit more grace and ease. And would you say that that's the primary focus of, of providing these tools and these resources for your clients? Absolutely. Yes. I basically, I share this because it changed my life so mm -hmm. drastically. And I would say the ways that I see it showing up most for me that I try to you know, share and hope that this is happening for other people, I see it with my clients, is that flow. You're so much less tired and drained when you're channeling your energy in a direction that it actually wants to go and not forcing it down this path that it's very resistant to go down. You take things less personally a lot of the time because you have this better understanding of where you are extremely receptive and open to your surroundings and to external stimuli. That also helps to create better boundaries as well because you're you're not just, you know, unaware of how receptive and sensitive you are to your environment. And I think to your earlier point, probably one of the biggest things that comes out of this is just treating yourself with more grace and compassion. Mm -hmm. Because you have this recognition now of this is for for an example of me, I have a completely open, not just undefined, but completely open. I have no gates activated in my identity center. And for me, that I felt like a hypocrite a lot of the time. I'm this person when I'm with the, these people, and I'm that person when I'm with these people, and I don't know who I really am at my core. I basically am just a shapeshifter chameleon. And now I see that as such a gift, and it helped me again to implement boundaries and also know that, hey, I do become who I'm with to an extent when I'm with them. So do I really want to be spending my time and energy around people mm. that I don't want to mimic their time, their energy? So I think there's, there's so many things that can be gleaned from this, but I would say, yeah, that grace, that self-compassion and just that redirection to 
not run into as much resistance is huge. Hmm. Claire, it is clear to me as I'm watching you on the camera, you light up. Your whole field, your whole biofield is so vibrant and you become alive and it's like the essence. This is your work. This is what you are. This is part of your purpose. At least that's what I'm witnessing and hearing from you today. So I want to ask you specifically, how does one make contact with you? Do you offer, are you still working one-on-one with people? Are you doing group type things? Are you hosting workshops, events, and things like that? Tell us what's happening in your world. Yes. Okay. First of all, thank you. I I can feel myself lighting up too, because I just love talking about this. <laughs> so appreciate that acknowledgement. Um, and I would say probably the two best places to find me are just my website, which is clairecampagna.com. And then my Instagram, which is claire.campagna. And you can always message me on there too. I, as you can hear, just love talking about this stuff. So feel free to (laughs) engage in conversation. And I also have a podcast myself. I'm going to have Dr. Mary on soon. So stay tuned for that. But it's called the Allow Me to Clarify podcast, pretty much on every podcast platform that you could find. And then also, I would say my mailing list is probably the best place to just stay in the know with what's going on, upcoming events, whether they're online or in person. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. So the events that I've got coming up right now are going to be in this area. So if you're here, then I do host women's support groups every uh, third Wednesday of the month. But again, everything is going to be on my Instagram. It's going to be sent out regularly to my mailing list, which you can sign up on uh, my website for that. But in terms of the the packages that I do and what I'm offering right now, I would say probably the two most popular are my one-on-one coaching. And that is a total process of, again, just that self-discovery and using human design and astrology as the two main tools. There's other modalities as well, but that we use to just tap into figuring out what you even value, what even matters to you and how we can bring your life into greater alignment with those things, which sounds very easy, but it's uh, it's challenging when you're extremely disconnected from yourself. <laughs> and I know that I appreciated guidance when I went through that in my own journey. And then the self-discovery intro package is the other, and that is that very in-depth human design reading and birth chart reading that I mentioned earlier. And that's actually the first stage of my one-on-one coaching as well. It starts with a self-discovery intro package, and then we basically get to work for four months together to integrate all of that information. I do focus readings though, to your point, like if you want to do those readings where you're layering your chart on top of your partners or your sisters or whatever it is, um, those are super fun to just see not just your own energy, but how you guys play together, if you will. Also, you know, if you just want a focus on career or relationships, I can do those readings as well. And then I've just started doing group readings too. So those are fun for bachelorettes or small businesses, families, anything really where there's some sort of group dynamic where again, you can get the gist of what the energy is like collectively, but also on the individual level as well. 
I have no doubt that all of your clients are blessed regardless of what services that they obtain from you. So thank you for showing up in your essence. I love the name of your podcast and I think the how how you know a play on words of your own name to clarify, I think is is very unique. I think that's fun. Um, for the listeners, I would like to spell out Claire's name so that you can find her correctly on her website. And that is Claire Campagna, and it's spelled C-L-A-I-R-E-C-A-M-P-A-G-N-A. Yes. Thank you. So please, yes, be, feel free to reach out to Claire. As you can see and feel, she is a wealth of information. And again, Claire, thank you so, so very much for spending time today with us on the podcast, Energy Medicine. Much gratitude to you and blessings to you as well. And for the listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief message. You have been listening to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. For more information about Dr. Mary Sanders or our podcast, please check out our website at www.drmarysanders.com. Thank you for listening.